Bandwidth for February has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5 by 5 and they are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y, and let them know that you heard about them here on 5 by 5 I'm recording. I'm recording. I am also recording. All right, everybody. Here we go. Three, two, one... What is the intro of this episode? Hmm? It's a goofy one, folks. This week, nothing. This is a Seinfeld episode. This week, turn it off. We recorded this episode on February 11th, 2016. This is On the Grid episode 153, and it is a weird one. Andy tells us how planning a murder mystery party requires some design thinking. Come on. And even more logo follow-up. Here we go. Hello. Hello? Are you you spreading your hello profile around virally? (laughs) That's That's still online. That's the thing I would have done six months ago. A year ago? I thought that was like two years ago. You know, times a flat circle, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. What does it mean? Did you guys actually watch True Detective? Nah. No. Oh, it's good. I assume that's what that quote is from. Yeah, Andy, it is. Andy, you're, you're full of quotes that you don't know where the origin of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very culturally aware of lots of things. I don't actually know what they are. Yeah. I see uh, memes. I read Twitter. I, I understand that <laughs> secondhand. Well. Yeah. I know what we're getting at. I can say a thing about time. Woof. What are you woofing about? I think, is, isn't woof... Home Alone, but you don't know that it's Home Alone. It's just the thing that Hillary said to you, and then you repeat it. Okay, Wolf is what dogs say. We've been over this before. I know, but the wolf origin is of not saying it Home is, Alone. That's, that's ugly. Isn't that Home Alone? I, mean, I use Wolf in a variety of ways. Sure. It's a rich tapestry of uses for the term Wolf. But I think we can agree the internet meme of Macaulay Culkin holding a picture of something terrifying or ugly. That's definitely Home Alone, and that's definitely Wolf, right? Yeah. Mm. The only Macaulay Culkin meme I'm aware of is one where he's holding his face looking shocked. Mm. Doesn't look like he's saying woof to me. No, the one where he's holding a picture, which is, uh, oh, what's the brother's name? Biff or something? Something like the spectrum. <laughs> wow. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, oh, some 90s stupid. jock Somebody, name. Somebody's girlfriend, woof, and he holds a picture, but in the internet meme, they change out the picture for other stuff. Yeah. It's two frames. Yeah. You know, popular internet memes. I think you that's see, one instance of a woof, but I think there's yeah. variations of woofing. Thank oh. you, Dan. You see, I, I might woof at a really delicious looking sandwich. Yeah, see, Matt, or, you, you uh, don't understand. Woofing is a platform. It's multifaceted. <laughs> uh, oh, I like we got that. a title already. Two minutes in. Let's just hang up and we're done. Podcast yeah, I'm over. Just, I, this is actually a new social network. I woofed earlier. Oh, I was going to say, we have a title or we have a title. Title the platform that Kanye's album doesn't stream very well on. Is that a platform? Yeah. That was a very interesting transition, Matt. <laughs> title and title. Yeah, okay, got it. I, mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to catch up to you guys. They're homonyms. That's why I heard, I heard what I wanted what to What did you call me? <laughs> How dare you? I believe How it's a homophone, not a homonym, but I could be wrong about that. This is a Super Bowl halftime show. This is for middle America. You can't say stuff like homonym on <laughs> halftime show. Language. You can't remind people that there are things outside of middle America stuff. I might woof at a big snowfall, walk outside and go, woof. That's not good or bad. That's just shock, amazement. How dare you anything but Chris Martin me? I was so comfortable before. Why are you doing this to me? More Fozzie Whitaker, please. Another stuff. (laughs) I don't know anything you just said. (laughs) I think you mentioned the guy from Coldplay, right? That's who that is? Yeah, that's Chris Martin. That's who that guy is. Okay. Who's who's the other guy? If if I know anything about Andy, he's a huge Fozzie Whitaker fan, and then he uh, was very disappointed that he lost. It was the running back that came in after Jonathan Stewart got hurt. Oh, I thought you were, I thought that was the full name of Fozzie the Bear. So I was there was like, a prop bet on Fozzie Whitaker that he would get over five point five yards, and I think he did. I think some people made a lot of money 
betting on Fozzie Whitaker. And other people lost a lot of money. Yeah, people lost a lot of money. That's how gambling works. Did you bet on the color of the Gatorade? Is that a thing you can do? Yep. I guess you could bet on everything, right? That's the bet whole, on pretty yeah. much everything. You can bet on how long the national anthem would be, which mm. I would say pretty easily. Take the over if it's Lady Gaga. You know she's going to add mm. to. You mean singing? Yeah. <laughs> or she like threw how- an extra <laughs> lyrics. She just kind of she kind of went back in and uh, added added the same lyrics again. Is that mm-hmm. called a tremolo when you do it with your voice, or just when you do it with a sweet Stratocaster? I only know of it as a Stratocaster, or you know, as as a guitar thing. So I don't know. I think that name for that music might just be a tremolo. Mm-hmm. Again, if, if I'm wrong, write in to I disagree with Andy.man.gold. Uh, oh, yeah, what a I, great website we have. I'm so glad that exists. It's so great. Yeah. No, I, like in other instruments, like um, used in symphony, it's vibrato. I don't know if that... Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds better now that you say yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think Dan's right on this one. Yeah, once vibrato. you say it, it sounds a lot more right than the thing I said. Anyway, so if you uh, know a lot about vibrato, you take the over on the national anthem prop bet. That's what you do there. Anyway, there are lots of prop bets. I know, I'm sure you guys are experts on this. You guys love yeah, Fozzie Whitaker and prop bets and halftime shows and all that stuff. Like Fozzie Whitaker, loving this. Fozzie Whitaker really sounds like the worst witness protection program fake name ever. <laughs> it's like they're watching well, the Muppets and like some other fucking show, and they're going, oh, "Okay, let's just throw these together. That's good enough. That's believable." It sounds to me like an old timey stand up comedian or something. Yeah, like yeah. somebody yeah, from does. the turn of the century. It's like, ah, it's a real Fozzie Whitaker. See. <laughs> Wait, is that are you saying the name of a person or like a, a nah. sex act? I yeah, no, like no, no, no. About a sex act. It's a name of a person who did a thing. Like you performed the Fozzie <laughs> Whitaker last oh, night. Damn, that's gross. Don't yeah. yeah, don't say that on the halftime show. I am middle so America. Sorry. It's very offensive to those people. Yeah. You can't remind about life and stuff. Yeah. I feel like Matt has taken the opening of the show just to like try and like speed troll. It's like a speed <laughs> trolling <laughs> Speed like, dating, get... but for trolls. Can I get these people I'm on the call with right now and also listeners possibly <laughs> mad about a horrific news event this week? Uh, I just was so I've I've uh, I've gotten over it a little bit, but I was so mad at the beginning of this week with all the like post Super Bowl people get mad about a thing. Mm-hmm. People, first, people get mad about the thing that happened and then I get mad about them getting mad at the thing. Right. Mm hmm. First, Rudy Giuliani gets very the mad. circle of life. And then I get really mad at Rudy Giuliani for continuing to exist. So it's very, yeah. it's very difficult. Did you hear my vibrato, or did that just fall on deaf ears? I think it was is your that tremolo, trem- right? Yeah, is that tremolo? Tremolo. I think so- it's, it's pronounced tremolo. Tremolo? Tremolo. Yeah, I've got a That's, tremolo. That sounds like neck. a candy bar. Like a Definitely, delicious I think it's bar. pronounced a whatchamacallit, right? Uh, yeah. Or is it Snickers? I can't remember. Yeah, I thought One it was a things. payday. I think it's a Chris Martin or a Fozzie Whitaker or something. <laughs> there are so many candy bars. You ever think about that? There are. <laughs> there and it's the same fucking thing bars. every time. How many people? I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's chocolate, nougat, peanuts, and then something else. Well, it's How not, no, no, it's interchangeable with the nougat. It could be uh, fucking caramel. It could be mm-hmm. peanut butter. It's mm-hmm. all sorts of like various spreadable things. It's kind of like Taco Bell where there's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's the same fucking thing. Just like thing. the general base of ingredients, yeah. and you add like one weird thing, right? And you're like, and now it's on a Dorito. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the unique thing about this. Or like now, instead, it's inside out. Yeah. Or there's jalapeno on it or something. Or now it's covered in cheese, but like on the outside this time. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the container is melted cheese. It's like a sandwich except yeah. the bread is melted cheese. Which, which is, is totally what happened this week, too. Like they introduced a new thing that's like a chalupa, but like there's like melted cheese. On the outside? 
like uh yeah it's like in between on every surface yeah it's like in between the container tortilla and then yeah. the uh i guess there's like an inner tortilla and mm-hmm. then there's yeah. a nice melted layer of cheese in between i think tortilla is pronounced tremolo pretty sure i oh, think you're pronouncing it wrong wow, you've sorry. got your structural tortilla and your yeah. molten inner core tortilla yeah yeah the strato tortilla the mezzo <laughs> oh, tortilla yeah yeah isn't it called an ex the the exterior one is called an exo tortilla right that's actually the name for all of the tortillas collected oh okay wow. yeah all the different layers of tortillas the exo tortilla so does that mean yeah. that the cheese is the magma or am i getting i uh, sorry um, no i think it's the magma it's because they they have an exo tortilla because they don't have a spine tacos you know oh, so they have yeah. exo tortilla and then they have the magma on the inside yeah yeah i mean tacos um, definitely have an exoskeleton for sure yeah, because it it couldn't otherwise it couldn't support its own weight. No way around that. Wait, wait. Yeah. Is it an exo tortilla tortilla or it's a uh, mexo tortilla? Are there any <laughs> foods? Are there any foods that aren't actually meat on bones that you would say have a uh, an endoskeleton? Like obviously, like you know, a rib has an endoskeleton. Yeah, a shish kebab. Uh, yeah, shish kebab. There you go. Perfect example. That's like there's there's <laughs> nothing else I can say to you <laughs> except for shish kebab, obviously. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for giving me so a- many resolutions in the first ten minutes. Adding, Adding to cart. Uh, anyway, I'm sitting on a fat juicy secret this week. Oh. 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 Is this when the show starts, Dan? Dan. What? Come back. The show's starting. Yeah, I've been here. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, Dan, Dan's been more here than ever before. Dan, Dan's That's been true. so engaged. All right. All right. Hey, yeah. let's bring it back. Who? Stop, Dan. Stop interrupting. Let Andy talk. I want that. Snippet <laughs> recorded for posterity. <laughs> and I'm sitting on a fat, juicy secret. What is what? your big secret? I've gotten better at not being as loud as I used to be. Believe it or not, you'll mm. be shocked to find. Uh, mm. But I'm still yeah. really bad at keeping secrets just because I want to talk about everything all the time. That's why we have yes. a whole podcast for this. So, sure. But I've got this fat, juicy secret that I can't tell anybody. Do you know why I can't tell anybody? Well, I can tell why? you now, obviously, because I'm about to tell you. But do you know why I couldn't tell anybody before this moment? Because the thing launched right now, or... Basically. So what's happening is uh, <laughs> I have had a secret dream, a secret fantasy for, mm, I'm going to guess, seven or eight years, uh, about planning a murder mystery dinner party. <laughs> always wanted to do. And at the request of a friend, I have been doing it for weeks. What? Planning it, and tomorrow night it's happening. So it's all going to happen before. Oh, so the the episode gets released. Yeah. After it happens, but I okay, couldn't like I put anything on Twitter about it because some of the people involved in the party that yep. may or may not be murdered would see it, and then yep. they would know he's planning a murder mystery party. Wait, wait, wait! Is this like like you're playing around? Are you actually going to be killing t- people tomorrow? Because that's a oh blood will be shed. Oh, no, no one's okay. getting murdered. All right, for real. It's a game. Cool. It's a game, oh, Dan. Got it. Um. But yeah, this is a thing that uh, I think is going to be an interesting like crucible for some of my beliefs about myself because I've never been to a murder mystery dinner party uh, in my life. I don't think I would enjoy it, frankly, but I arrogantly think I'm going to be really good at running one. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to see how that goes. Why'd you laugh so much at me when I said I was planning a murder mystery dinner because party? Because there were so many things you could have said. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Like a lot. And then you said that. What yeah. else could I have said? You could have said that it was something related to work. I thought you it were going like to be launching a website yeah. that we didn't, <laughs> we didn't know was coming. <laughs> you bought a new house again. Yeah. You got your windows installed. None of those things are anywhere near as exciting. Anyway, you ever been to a murder mystery da- dinner party? No. No. No, I haven't. There's an extra ripple to this murder mystery dinner party. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that the reason I think... 
I'm going to be good at it, is I think it's fundamentally exactly like design. I mean, it is design, right? Because you've got a group of people uh, who, in this case, are very specific people. I actually know all the people that are going to be attending the party. Uh, mm-hmm. They're all going to be in a very specific place that I'm aware of. Um, and they are going to be basically just being themselves, right? Like, most people mm-hmm. don't even know this party is happening, and it's kind of a loose surprise for one person who's who the party's in in uh, celebration of and they have no idea it's happening but they've always wanted to participate in a murder mystery dinner party so they have no idea it's coming it's very fun for them hopefully if i do my job right uh and it's like design because i need to create a tapestry of clues messaging other situational and environmental cues uh that will cause people to have uh, interesting experience with each other socially, uh, which, you know, the reason I don't think I want to participate in one of these is because I think I'd basically be, you know, cynical the whole time about how dumb it was that the person planned it did a bad job. But now I'm mm-hmm. planning it. So I think it's going to be great. And I think I'm going to be really good at it. Uh, yep. But that also could just be arrogance because I've never even been to one of these things before. So I don't even know if what I'm doing is typical murder mystery dinner fair. Mm. You see how it's like design? Yeah, I see exactly how it's like that. Do you also now have a fantasy to organize one of these things to no. have a group I of people that you're pulling the strings no. of? Can I be no. totally honest? Three hours. I've heard about this a million times. I'm not sure if I totally understand the concept. Okay, so <laughs> I've never been to one, <laughs> so I don't understand the concept <laughs> either. You must understand the concept enough that you feel that your confidence has some sort of merit. I'm not saying it has 100% merit, but there must be something in there that you feel confident about i understand a concept enough that i'm going to make it happen and it mm-hmm. may resemble a murder mystery dinner party that someone else has thrown in history i don't know for sure i suspect it does uh basically the concept is that you arrive at a dinner party oftentimes i think these things are and i've done some research too as you might expect uh, oftentimes these things are invitations are sent out ahead of time like you know you're going to a murder mystery dinner party and you might get a little packet in the mail that mm-hmm. tells you about your character so it's mm-hmm. like, you're Mr. Mr. Pumpkin guy. You own a pumpkin patch, and you, someone stole your pumpkins, and you don't know what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Or it might be like, you're the, uh, you know, you're the, the trophy husband of some famous CEO or whatever. It could be any weird kind of scenario. So you, oftentimes people get this ahead of time, and so they know a little bit about their character, uh, and they're encouraged to show up dressed like their character, possibly putting on some kind of show with a voice or whatever. Um, in this particular scenario, and this is part of the rub, uh, the people that are helping me organize it, or people that rather know this person wants to have a murder mystery dinner party and suggested that maybe I run it, uh, they feel very strongly about the theme of House of Cards because apparently the new season's coming out soon and everyone loves House of Cards in my friend group. Uh, I've never seen the show, so everyone is coming as House of Cards characters, and I didn't know anything about any of them, but I had to research all of the plot summaries of all of House of Cards so I could possibly write a murder mystery surrounding those characters, mm-hmm. uh, which I hope I also didn't misread any of the characters as I was reading poorly written plot summaries on the House of Cards wiki. Your, your supreme confidence maybe not as justified now that I'm hearing more of this. Well, I'll report back next week. But so anyway, okay. you give us a little thing ahead of time where you get some information about your character maybe. Uh, You arrive at a place that has probably been somewhat rigged. There's probably clues around. Uh, Somebody has orchestrated this environment to host this situation. Uh, And then early on in the party, one of the dinner guests is murdered somehow, or it's found out that they're murdered, right? Like 
Uh, everyone opens an envelope and it says like, your drink was poison, you're dead now. And everyone else says your drink wasn't poison. Uh, and the only other thing you know is that somebody else at the party did the murdering. Uh, so my understanding is, and this is where I start to just kind of, you know, make leaps and connections, that the person that did the murdering, you have to tell them that, obviously, uh, you know, in a little secret card or something, and then tell them that your only goal now is to not be found out as the murderer. So you better lie, cheat, steal, you know, figure out some way out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I assume you have to set up motives so that there are multiple characters who could possibly be uh, the culprit in the situation, uh, possibly set up some false flags, some red herrings, uh, get some whole thing going there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very excited about it. And I'm, I'm excited about the way I'm doing it, too, because most of the ways people run these things, it seems, is you, like, buy a kit, right? You spend, like, 40 bucks on some shady website through PayPal, and mm-hmm. you get some kit in the mail. It's got the invitations, and it's got the, you know, script or whatever. Uh, and it's always something cheesy. I tried to find some good examples, and they're all dumb stuff from what I could find. It's like, you know, so-and-so's, you know, affair with their neighbor went wrong or something but the way i'm doing it is i'm doing the murder mystery party for the 21st century which is that i have scheduled many 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 sms messages to automatically be sent at timed intervals to all of the participants oh, of the party that's pretty oh, that's, uh, good. that's awesome that is good thank you yeah. thank you uh, to give them clues and information about what's going on, which also saved me having to print up cards. <laughs> so mm. uh, I think that's gonna be kind of interesting because people are gonna get mysterious text messages whenever they don't ever, they don't recognize uh, that it could be giving information, and the whole thing's gonna kick off. I got my dad. He's gonna call the person who the party is in celebration of, and he's gonna tell her that somebody's been murdered. And I think at first she'll be just super freaked out because a stranger is calling her, telling her someone's been murdered. But then shortly after she'll realize it's a murder mystery party. Probably when he says, and the murderer is at your house right now. <laughs> yeah, that, could, that can't uh, go was, wrong. Oh, I didn't realize they don't know it's a murder mystery party. Yeah. So uh, a few people don't know. One person, it's specifically being kept a secret from them because they've always wanted to, to go to one. Uh, so they just think it's like a House of Cards themed soiree party. Oh, so they, th- are they the ones who are going to get the call? That's, that's the person that's getting the call. Have you planned for when they freak out and they don't get it? Well, so yeah, that's... That's some of the questions I've been going back and forth about, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to make it challenging, obviously. I think the more challenging it is, the more satisfying it will be if and when they figure it out. Uh, but I also don't want to make it so challenging that everyone's just like, well, this is too hard to figure out. Let's just drink and not figure it out anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to, and having, having never done it before, that's a perfect situation where like, no confidence in my ability to like understand human behavior and you know construct interesting scenarios will actually inform me about how likely someone is to figure something out. Although, having designed websites for a long time, I can say that I can assume people will basically figure out nothing because that's how people work with websites. They pretty much figure out nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe think, that'll inform uh, that a little bit. Do you think someone will get that this button? No. No. I... Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll just read. No, they won't. They won't read that. They do you think won't. that they're going to, um, because it's the cult? No. Nope, they're not going to. You know, Matt, I've really been enjoying getting these emails from listeners about how wrong I am. Oh, you think you're enjoying it? Think about how I feel. You know, I think it's important to, to listen to people that have different ideas than you, consider them carefully. I think a lot of people would benefit from having a website where people could submit grievances against them. Yeah, and I think I benefit from having a website where people just basically uh, email me and tell me how great I am and they agree with me. I think that's also you're great. You're really stretching... Really stretching some of those messages quite a bit. You got the one from William. Thanks again, William, for bolstering hey, Matt's already... You don't, have, you don't have access to the spreadsheet. You don't know what's in there. I read what I think is best for the show. 
I didn't just read the ones that say, Matt is great, he should be king of the world. I just read the ones you that know the you best would fun. read that one first on every show. Look, you don't know how I feel about this stuff or what I would do if mm-hmm. not if when I got that message from Steve. The, the name I use for fake people on the show. If you want to get your own personal grievance website to make you a better person and to really connect you with the world around you, you can do it very affordably and very professionally through Squarespace. And now I know this for a fact. With very little effort, you can have a site that looks professionally designed, like with Andy's face in the background, regardless of your skill level. Took me, I had to do no coding to get your face as a big background image and a beautiful little button that lets people submit stuff. They have intuitive and easy to use tools and you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Andy, here's the dumb thing you did. You bought your domain name before we put up this website so you didn't get it for free. We could have got it for free by just signing up. Mm-hmm. It's almost, uh, I guess I'm nine months into having that domain. This is all it's been used for, so. That was a good hundred bucks I spent on the dot gold TLP. Man, that would be a thing I would disagree with you about. Mm-hmm. Buying yeah. that domain name, not through Squarespace. Kind of silly. So you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code GRID. Get 10% off your first purchase and show your support from the grid. So thank you to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and on the grid. Squarespace, people with websites feel good about themselves and look good and are more attractive and sexy. Is that why their tagline is build it beautiful? Yeah. Uh, Squarespace, make a website and become more beautiful. Build it, comma, beautiful. Is there more feedback from uh, people who don't agree with me that's worth reading? There is definitely more feedback. Uh, I can find it if I try. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Oh, actually, I like this one. All right. So let's do a little bit more follow-up. Sorry this is like, people like this? I hope people like this. Well, I assume people that wrote in this week wrote in because they heard people talking, you reading things last week. So I think they wrote in with the intention of it being read. Yeah. And we will do nothing if not capitulate to our listeners. Sure. All right. Here we go. Uh, submitted by Josh. He said we can read on the show. This is going to be great. His Twitter name, well, his Twitter name is his full name, Josh Tregenza. Is that? Oh, is that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did I pronounce that correctly? That's a person. So here we go. I don't so much disagree with Andy Woo! as I do think it's a dangerous precedent set in regards to logos. A logo differentiates one company from another. Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, all may provide similar products, but without a touchstone, a logo, the interfaces could all be confused with another. A logo is thus an easy way for similar products to stand out as opposed to interface, which may not click with users. While I agree that luxurious spending in logo design or anything can be a frivolous endeavor, having no logos at all and just interface may make products too vague and cause a monopoly for one company that is capable of enticing the most users so that the interface and base product is, the only, is only seen as theirs. That, then, is fraught with issues of only the richest and most privileged, see white tech bros, and you love white tech bros, have products on the market whilst products that may be better have no traction or ability to stand out. Does that mean that interfaces have to become more special and unique, slowly being fluffed up so that every company's product is so unique and individual looking that a balance between form, is fu- <laughs> that a balance between form and function is lost, like Flash websites? Sorry, I read ahead to Flash websites and it made me laugh. Wouldn't that be trading one con... <laughs> You're a real pro. <laughs> Wouldn't that be conflating one... <laughs> Sorry. Wouldn't that just be trading one conflated design practice for another? Is having a consciously thought out and moderately priced logo better than a Hydra that would be created if its head is cut off? I actually like that point a lot. The idea that let's imagine the world uh, in 10 years when nobody has logos anymore. And so all we do is compete to make the craziest, fanciest, weirdest interface we can make because uh, we have to stand out. 
You gotta have. You can't match an Amazon form, even if an Amazon form is just the most form form there can be. And you gotta make a wild and crazy form that doesn't work as well because you gotta stand out, Andy. What do you do with that? Uh, I mean, I think it's an interesting point. I, I do think that there is infinite variability in even very simple interfaces that you've not dressed up to make them extra fancy or kind of gone overboard flash style with them. Um, you know, you can recognize a third-party chat app that's trying to perfectly emulate the iOS chat screen uh, immediately because little things are off and you're like, oh, this is all wrong. This is like the uncanny valley of chat windows. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't buy that that necessarily leads us down a road of crazy interfaces that are intentionally weird. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's certainly a, certainly a point there that lots of interfaces are pretty boring, for sure. Mm-hmm. I will I mean, say that I got some other, to, as a counterpoint, I got quite a few people this week that tweeted or emailed or whatevered me to point out uh, Quartz's new news app as a good example of a product that is differentiated by its interface and has an icon, but it's, you know, just a queue in a circle, um, you know, really kind of logo-less. Mm-hmm. So that's a kind of interesting counterpoint, maybe. Well, that's maybe a good example. Actually, that might be a good example that's... of going too far in the interface. I've, re- I've been on that side and been like, well, this is a lot of interface. Actually, that's a, those are words that not, should not go together. This is a lot of interface. <laughs> um, well, have, have you seen the app, yeah. Mac? Because it's very different than the site. No, I've only seen the site, uh, and it's it's heavy on design. What does that mean? Well, is it that, or is it just the only news site that looks like not every other news site? Um, I don't know. I I feel that way about like. ESPN the Sports Illustrated site where you're like they tried to go for yeah sports a cool new design but now yeah. no 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 not even that they yeah. went for they want to be a cool new modern website and they just added so yeah, many so much new shit. things to look like literally never been to ESPN.com here I am going there for the first time adding to my browser scroll down history. the site and watch everything snaps to the top and there's so much of it go to SportsIllustrated.com and you're like whoa that is so many things snapping to the top of the site which is definitely like a a trendy function is it but i mean here i'm seeing scores on espn it seems pretty sweet actually you like it i mean i don't know it's hard for me to tell because i don't care about anything scores yeah, imagine but... having to read like the it's like uh cool now we have scores snapped to the stop and the the logo menu bar and then a thing that says like news and now there's so much stuff that snaps to the top that you're like it's eating up a third of the page yep. and you're trying to like watch a video and you can't it doesn't fit on the page anymore and then you scroll down and the next article pops up when you think you're done the previous one it's it's frustrating to actually do a thing. I'm sure it is definitely cool if you're not trying to read an article or watch anything. If you're just like scrolling around and like, wow, whiz, <laughs> you know, bam. If you're doing a normal whammy. website use where you're just, uh, you know, clicking around and resizing the window. That's what all designers want everyone to do. But isn't that how you show off a website? You're like, look at all the stuff that it does. And you're like, wow, that's very impressive. And then you get to use it and you're like, god damn it. Yep. Can't do anything anymore. I performed a very scientific test, and I can say that both of those websites are infinitely more tolerable with an ad blocker on. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, Quartz is a little bit of an example of exactly what we just read. So that's kind yeah, of interesting. But I don't think it's over the top. I don't know. I, Quartz is definitely an example of uh, they tried to be different, right? Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that trying to be different is necessarily the same over the topness. Uh, I appreciate yeah. that. It does not look like every other newspaper website when you go there. And the app specifically in question uh, they came out with, I think today, it's a chat-based interface for getting news. Mm-hmm. So news is delivered to you as if like a friend was telling you and you can ask questions about it and it'll answer by sending you more articles or you can say you're done with the topic and move on to something else. Yeah. Um, 
which that to me is much more like a novelty, like yeah, interesting, maybe kind of cool thing that probably is not going to be the primary way everyone consumes news in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual Quartz website, I feel like it's just, you know, they did it differently in a way that yeah. I think is actually uniquely separating them apart. Oh, wow. Their website's totally changed since I last saw it. Do you, do you browse the internet with your window full screen all the time? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Am I the only one who doesn't? I keep my window somewhat small. Oh, well, and... okay. It depends. Like, are you talking about like on the laptop or like if you have a bigger screen? Because if it's a bigger talking screen. Talking about on a laptop. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. If, I like, do pretty yeah. much everything on a laptop and I never keep the window full screen. So if something's like only works when it takes up your whole browser window, it drives me insane. Well, that, that, you have a right to be frustrated by that. But yeah. I, I do keep it as big as possible. I'm not if I'm on like a big cinema display, but yeah, the whole reason that, uh, Apple invented spaces so you could do that. Never have to make windows I hate small spaces, again. Though. I oh, hate spaces, though. Oh, no. What? No, I don't oh, like it. I like that discussion about your workflow, Matt. Yeah. I like to be able to access, I like That's to be able to see up. everything. You can do that when you just swipe up with four fingers. There's yeah. all your no, stuff. No, it's not the yeah. same. It's not yep. the same. Uh, no, you it's better. Stuff. That's the difference. It's not better. I don't like it. Uh... I had the same argument with coworkers the other day. Yeah, you should. Yeah, because they're right. <laughs> no, it's split. It was You're going to have the, the same middle. argument with everybody. Actually, no, that tended to be that people were yelling at the spaces people. There are more people yelling at the spaces people. What does that mean? Well, is it a developer who's like, you know, using their keyboard to navigate and whatever? Uh, maybe. Because <laughs> those people are different. Yeah. What does that mean? They are more powerful than us. And, and they, have, they have a right to... Per, to perceive their views as their ways of using computer is better because they are better uh, but it just so requires so maybe i'm just on my way to better i'm just better no, than you guys no so you have, you have to go through you have to go through spaces you're still yeah no you're still a little baby mat you go yeah, through I'm spaces and then eventually you'll be you know command lining things and you'll never use the finder ever again because you open everything with the mm. command line Eh, i'm like halfway there i'm still better than you guys but I'm not uh i'm not full better than you i'm working on it Course is a pretty good example. I should have thought of that when I was trying to defend my point earlier. I know. You had a lot of bad examples, but you, you know, I had some pretty good there. examples for how hard it was to pull them out. <laughs> anyway, the more um, people disagree with me. Thank you for yep. sending in the email, Josh. Yep. Thank you, Josh. I'm glad it was uh, you, Josh, and not a different Josh. Well, we don't know who the other Josh was. Oh, I'm not the other Josh. Don't get we me started on him. We don't know. Any Josh. Uh, sounds like a very right Josh, the other Josh. Mm-hmm. So we have another one. We have another. We have a couple. But here, I like this one. Um, from Trevor. From Trevor Philippi on Twitter. Said, yes, we can read it in the show. So that's good. Uh, I find the discussion around the usefulness of logos to be an interesting one. It's something I'd never considered until this episode, though I have reflected Woo! often on the arbitrariness of app icons. I think Andy's thesis is compelling, but in practice, a company organization is more than its product, and there are still some tentacles grasping the last century which make a logo a necessary thing. For example, Facebook, where I'm a designer. Oh, Trevor's a designer at Facebook. We might maybe get some uh, Facebook insight. Employs a very large sales team which interacts with clients, advertisers, in a way that resembles last century. There's still a need for letterhead business cards. Sales folks are still faxing with advertisers in some some rare cases. And old-fashioned insertion orders are used to buy ad inventory. On recruiting trips, we have banners that need to communicate that this table and these uh, oh that this table and these free things are Facebooks, and students should approach us. When Twitter or Facebook provide data for a political debate, they gain value by having their marks and type rendered on the screen, besides some data visualization or promotional sequence. And tech companies advertise too. 
Squarespace has a nice logo. They paid big bucks for it. Uh, or sorry, they paid big bucks for a Super Bowl TV spot that used it. Airbnb needs something to put on their distasteful bus stop ads. Ooh. Lyft has tons of billboards trying Shots to convince fired. people that they are nicer than Uber. Snapchat does brand advertising in the Bay Area. I drive by billboards completely yellow with the Snapchat ghost. I've seen that too, where yeah. all it is is a, is a Snapchat logo or app icon. Um, I don't know what this accomplishes, but I suppose I'd rather see that than something more visually polluting or that I have to read? Question mark. If Andy's point is that products don't need to be branded, I certainly think it's a fair one, but the reality is that corporate uh, that corporations make products, and many parts of those corporations operate the same way they did 30 years ago, and these corporations also find themselves advertising to promote their products, alter brand associations, separate their stories from competitors in a way that an interface fails to. An interface alone fails to communicate Lyft's commitment to drivers versus Uber's callousness towards them, especially if there isn't an awareness of the product in the first place. But a well, but a well executed and branded ad could communicate that. Uh, anyway, sorry for the rambling. Interesting stuff. Definitely not worth getting too worked up over, though. Thanks for making <laughs> <Uh-oh>. the show. <laughs> well, we failed at that. We did a bad job. Yeah. No, I think I was. I think I agree with almost everything in that letter. Uh, yeah. A lot of these. 21st century companies are attached to 20th century companies that are also doing things in the old world Mm -hmm. um which is a thing that if i heard some tech bro say i would condemn but there i am i just said it so uh here's what i'll say i'll amend my my feedback my comments to say that you can create a logo and you can justify one as soon as you have the first thing that you really need to put it on. And I'll say that I think a lot of instances, um, so Snapchat is a great example of a product that is very strongly branded, right? The mm-hmm. the yellow is really distinctive. Almost no one uses yellow as a product color. Uh, the ghost outline, which they've, they have that weird like thing where you can share your Snapchat as an image, I think. Yeah. And yeah. it like has a weird kind of code embedded in the ghost or in the area around the ghost. And you put your face in the middle of it. It's a very weird, kind of ugly thing, but it I see it all over the place. Like, it's totally ubiquitous. Um, so I think that's a good example of how that works really, really well. I think in a lot of these other cases, uh, the interface itself can serve as in the place where a logo, you know, would previously. Uh, so you talk about, you know, a banner over a uh, booth. Uh, that, I think, could be a big picture of the Facebook homepage or something, right? Or something iconic about the about the interface. That's um, a weird thing to do. That doesn't really translate, though. I don't think it? that's weird. I think that's something that, like, Google does, for example. Uh, like, their homepage is a thing that is... Their, their, their logo is iconic because it's on that homepage, not vice versa. Um, and I think the same can be said for, like, the little, like, you know, tweet box. And uh, I think people do have relationships with the interfaces themselves more than the marks. Uh, so I, 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 will, I will concede that we don't really have a language graphically for printing out interfaces on banners and billboards and putting them up yeah. there. But I think that uh, if we tried, we could come up with one and it would probably serve the same function. But mm, for yeah. now, everything already has a logo because you know we're still in that culture. So why not use that instead, instead of trying to make it difficult and put an interface up there. But I was thinking about the Quartz app, about how it still has you know icon with a little Q thing in it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would maintain that it doesn't need that. And I was thinking, I think a much better icon for that app specifically would be just like two little chat bubbles, right? Because that's what the interface is. And so that's a much more clear indication of what you're going to actually get when you tap on it. And this logo is completely unnecessary. Uh, I guess I'm not familiar with it, but wouldn't two little chat bubbles imply that it's a chat app? Mm-hmm. Well, so it has to be the little quartz style chat bubbles, which incidentally, mm-hmm. the quartz style chat bubble that points down to the bottom right kind of looks like a cute, just saying. Um, that sounds like a logo, though. It's not a logo. It's, what? it's the interface. What? But... 
But then you're going to... Matt, you're getting worked up. We talked You're going to logo all over the no, place. What are you going to do? Matt, you're getting worked up. I'm just warning Andy. He's almost logoing. I mean, I'm saying if, if your interface can be used in place of a logo, you should do it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, your interface is becoming a logo, though. That's very curious. You got to... You gotta, I would be worried about that, Andy. Why you were... I don't understand what you're saying. Because you, then, you know, your points. Thanks for the letter, Trevor. Thank you. All right, I have one more. There's two more, but I'll read one of them. Uh, I just thought, I thought this was an interesting point. This is from John. Uh, John's Twitter handle is John Newman 1122 And John says, I've always been taught that a logo isn't important on its own. A logo isn't an identity, but it's part of it. However, I do not agree that the logo is useless, just less useful than it was before. I also very much dislike when people ask for just a logo. A logo shouldn't ever exist on its own. And, part, and the part where you say a logo is a luxury, design is a luxury. If you can't afford a luxury, then you can't afford design. Which is interesting because, I, I'm only really interested in the last two sentences. We have talked about that. We are kind of in a luxury industry. And I think to my point of like, are we just splitting hairs? Like a lot of the things we do are a luxury. So should we eliminate all of that? Or do we just acknowledge that that's the case? Uh, where do we fall on that scale? I would say that graphic design is largely and very, very often a luxury in almost any circumstance. I would say the idea of design, the idea that we should be thoughtful, think about how things are going to exist in the world, plan for the future. Uh, I don't think that's a luxury. I think that's the way that people should make things. Um, but on a scale of what, what to what, like luxury for a person who is just trying to find food yeah luxury for a bit you've you've totally lost me like being able to plan for the future might be a luxury in some cases well i mean if you're a person making something or a group of people making something i think that there is a way to do it where you just look at what's in front of you and you know make impulsive decisions based on whatever information is immediately available and there's a way where you look at history where you look at the future where you look at context and you try and think about something in a more holistic way Mm -hmm. uh frankly more and more in my life i feel like people that think like designers are really just people who are constantly combating the just default atrophy of the world around them like if no one cares Every software project will end up a total shit show. Like, it's, it's unavoidable. If no one cares, every signage system in a building will end up a total shit show because everyone will do their own thing. And it's just this kind of default chaos that just happens. Uh, yeah. I really do feel like being a designer just means someone that is willing to step back and say, hold on, let's care about this and do it right. But, uh, and but, I don't think that precludes any technical skill set or any, I think it's just a way of approaching the world. Uh, and so, yeah, graphic design, spending time caring about fonts and beziers and specific versions of logos for specific sizes and pantone swatches yeah it's all luxury that's all like hedonistic uh you know stuff uh planning for the future and thinking about things in a more holistic way uh, which is the part of design i actually give a shit about mm-hmm. uh, i don't see that as a luxury yeah but i also don't think that's necessarily de- a design mindset or anything i think that's just being generally mindful because Somebody who goes through uh, like engineering school to become a programmer or something like that, they're going to end up having a very similar outlook if they um, uh, continue to be like have that mindful uh, outlook, I guess. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I buy that because I know a lot of programmers that are extremely talented, mm-hmm. uh, very capable, 
but they want to be given a very specific microcosm of a project and be allowed to do it to the best of their ability and be free of the burden of the outside context. Yeah, uh, but that's also people assuming... love a very specific pivotal story they can go and just execute as opposed to having to actually think about everything. Yeah, but then there's also a ton of different like design chop shops that just get a project in, do it uh, so they can get paid and move on. Like it, nobody's well, sure there are bad designers too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like uh, I think overall, like I I don't think it's particularly a, a designer thing. I think it's just something that where there's people who give a shit and people who don't, and it's like everybody has their own different flavor, whether or not they're an engineer or a school teacher or a designer or whatever. Yeah, I, I I guess I just for me when when the thing you care about is like the overall outcome and the impact on the world of whatever it is you're making, that's just that to me is design for sure. Uh, if you really care about uh, you know writing code in a style that you like and uh, going home at five, uh, that's weird. It's not to say that going home at five is at odds with caring about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if you really care about uh, you know perhaps the technical details of your industry, right? Maybe you're really dedicated to open source software uh, or you're really into whatever kind of detail of your craft. Um, I think you can be a very good practitioner of that craft without being thinking like a designer, as as I would describe it. I thought of this term called design thinking, uh, where it's like, you know, thinking about things like a designer. What do you think of that term? Oh, that could really catch on. Yeah. I can see that going places. Yeah. 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 And also love that term. It allows me to just pretend that the thoughts I have are somehow different and more important than somebody else's thoughts, which is something I'm always looking for, you know, a way to kind of get an edge. Mm, You should market that somehow. Mm. Yeah. What if you what if you made a logo for it? Mmm. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. oh, Matt is so good. He took a troll and he complimented it with a different troll. <laughs> you can put it on a banner or something. Imagine what if you had like a booth at a place? A booth. We talked about design thinking. Now it seems like you're making fun of Trevor, but I thought Trevor's uh email was very nice. No, I'm actually not making fun of Trevor. I think it sounds it's like a very you valid are. point. But it mm, kind of making fun of you. Yeah. Um oh, by, by all means, go <laughs> ahead and do spoilers. that. Spoilers. I think you should take this show on the road. Tell the world about design thinking. Yeah. Maybe plan it out a little bit. Go to Maybe. design conferences often. Yep. Yep. Just do the whole circuit. Think it out. Yep. Plan it out a little bit. Design think it. Mm. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> fight the chaos. Be a designer. been on the grid episode 153 you can still go to i disagree with andy.man.gold and send your feedback i don't know how much more we will read but if it's really really good it's hard to resist i disagree with andy.man.gold also if you enjoy the show give us a review go to itunes search for on the grid rate us very highly give us five stars don't give us one star but itunes search for on the grid give us a nice review thank you as always thank you to glassboy for the ad music girlfriends for the theme music and of course thank you to you for listening until next week You know, like when you read when you when you were in high school and you read the Spark Notes for all the books you didn't read. Yeah, uh, I would. You did that too, right? I, I mean, like skimmed them. No, I I I only read the books I wanted to read in high school, which was very few. I didn't even do that. I made it through all of high school actually reading one book that I was assigned.
Oh, that's pretty good, actually. A single book. Because uh, going into senior I read, year... I would say I read 25% of the books I was assigned. Huh. And then the rest I would do spark notes. Here's the trick. Actually, here was the trick in high school. It worked very well for me. Uh, read the spark notes and then just write an essay about some like completely outrageous theory about the book. It, no basis in anything. Like pull one wow, thing this out. This student's really thinking for themselves. Exactly. They didn't, they didn't get this essay off the this internet. This doesn't for sound sure. like a conspiracy theorist at all. You just pull one little thing out of Spark Notes. You know, I think he's missed the point, but I like that he's really pursued this idea, and you know, it's really you know, it's affected him clearly. You just really focus on one thing, and you dig into that, and you write whatever you want. And you're about like it. Holden Caulfield is Hitler. Yes, exact perfect example. Like, yes. Tell me more. Like here are all the parallels, and then you can just Google. Like you come up with your theory, and then you use Google to match it. Right? And you're like, oh, Holden Caulfield, something, something, something. You match it on Google. It's how I think. It's how people build strong political beliefs without that being true. Hmm. They just like feel a thing, and they Google it, and like, yeah, see, they all do that. That's why I hate them. That is my favorite thing that happens where you'll be arguing with somebody about <laughs> a fact or something and they'll be like, well, wait, I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'll Google it. And you can Google anything, right? Yeah. Like you can Google, uh, you know, ostriches give live birth and you'll <laughs> find a page about how ostriches give live birth and that doesn't make it true. Uh, yeah. And people will Google that very specific thing. I'll show you. I'll Google this thing I'm thinking right now and I'll find evidence on the internet that it is my true. My favorite example of this is I, I saw... Uh, it was like a friend of a friend on Facebook, right? Like they'll suggest friends of other of people that you know posting stuff. And someone was posting some very, uh, uh, it was after Ferguson. So they're posting a lot of pro cop things. Uh, and what they didn't realize is all the things they were posting were from white supremacist websites. But because they nice. have names like American Renaissance or something, where mm-hmm. it's like, uh, it could be like a white supremacist group or it could be like uh, a Tom Clancy novel. Who knows, right? <laughs> but, That's a great both. both. The white supremacy group or Tom Clancy novel. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they have no idea. And then they're just, like, supporting all their facts with, like, a David Duke essay. And you're like, I know you're not trying to do this. You're just a Republican. But, like, maybe, like, look into it, like, a tiny little bit. Because I don't think you know what you're doing. Anyway, yes, you can find whatever you want on the internet to support your idea. Filter bubbles, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I read two books in high school because I read was six or actually at some point assigned Slaughterhouse Five, which I did actually read. I read that too. That was good, but I didn't get assigned that in high school. I just I, think I, I was assigned that sophomore Kurt year. Kurt Vonnegut book. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read anything freshman, sophomore. I think I did read uh, Slaughterhouse Five sophomore year. That was kind of incidental because I think I was already reading Kurt Vonnegut and then they assigned it, and I was like, fine, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And then nothing junior year. And going into senior year, I was like, you know what? college is coming up it's time to get on the horse mangold stop just skating by on spark notes and really do your homework and the first book of the year i was you know in a ap english class or whatever where we had to read a book <laughs> you know, you're like well you're, you're ap english class you really earned it right well it's very, that, that's more an indictment <laughs> of the educational system than it is a compliment to me but yes i was in the ap english class next to all the people that would eventually go to ivy league schools and hated me oh god did they hate me oh they were so unhappy i was there and the first book we were assigned and we the way the class worked is a particularly rigorous instructor uh we read a whole book every single week and mm-hmm. wrote a five to seven page paper on it every single week and did that for every week of the school year uh and so the first week we had to read return of the native which is you know like 470 pages of nothing happening super duper boring and then at the last 20 pages, like someone drowns in a river or something. I can Like something that's supposed to be the exciting conclusion of the book happens. And it's like the most <clears throat> yeah. boring thing you've ever read still. 
Yeah. So I read that book in that week and I was like, this is not sustainable. I, I, I choose, I choose life. Uh, and <laughs> I didn't read a single book the whole rest of the year. And then yep. I graduated, went to art school. So it didn't end up mattering, <laughs> but, uh, well, that was high school, man. Gotta, mm-hmm. gotta beat the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the same way. That's a valuable lesson stuff. to learn. I think though, if you don't learn how to be, how to work in a broken system. You're going to be shit out of luck in the rest of the world. I mean, I have to say like, Trying to uh, ease my way through high school without doing the things I didn't want to do, it really prepared me for life. Yeah. No, it's it's like the most real thing. If I just did all the things people told me to do, I'd be bad at everything else. I mean, but can I you think. imagine actually how difficult something would be? I might know Spanish. I might know how to speak Spanish, but otherwise... Yeah, I took, I took six years of Latin. Boy, let me tell you how little of that I know. <laughs> can you imagine how hard some aspects of life would be if you, like went to a really great school where they like taught you a lot of stuff and you didn't have to learn that the world is a bad place that you need to survive? I know. Actually, you know what's bad is if it's not like I fantasize about going back and doing it right. I fantasize about going back and doing less stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, right. If I could go. Actually, you know what I do? I fantasize about going back and uh, doing more illegal stuff. Like, man, if uh, I had just Matt. imagine if I were in high school. Oh, here I went Matt. to a middle school where the like candy was banned. Right? I'm, I'm like, man, how great would life be if I went back in middle school and just like bought like cases of Snickers, brought them to school and sold them for like five bucks a piece? I'd be like a Mark Cuban story right now. They'd oh. be like that kid was an entrepreneur. I'd be oh. on Shark Tank right now. I'd be judging other people's products, <laughs> telling them cockroaches. Oh, you'd be a judge. You'd be a judge on Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah, I would. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, that was the same thing in our middle school, and there were kids that did just that. Like, they were selling yeah, candy for, I like... I should have done that. Yeah. I should have broken all the sh- rules Matt, and made a ton of money. Matt, I'm pretty sure they're all drug dealers now. Mark Cuban is the exception, not the rule, I think. <laughs> I don't think everybody yeah. that sells candy in school. That is a very direct path to drug dealership, I would guess, probably. You inhale deeply as if you were going to speak, but it's not your job to speak first. It was more like a hiccup or something. Threw me off my game. Sorry. You drinking a fizzy beverage? I was drinking seltzer water. See? I used to do, I, I did that once and I was like, you know, I can't do this on the podcast. It's just, I can't. I'm a big much. fan of seltzer water. I love it. Yeah, it's great. If you're a big fan of seltzer water, you can set up your own seltzer water fan site using Squarespace. Don't do that. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Say other words. <laughs> don't do that no 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 <laughs> mm. 